0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon.
1: We started a series last week called Lust, lies, and liberation. And basically, we're wanting to look at the life of David, and in particular, the very famous sin of David in which he committed adultery with a woman by the name of Bathsheba. And what we're doing is, is we want to see, as we look at his great sin, we want to examine our lives in light of it. We say, well, I'm not committing adultery, George, so what does this have to do with me? No, what I want you to understand is is that as we look at his great sin, we see some patterns there that are applicable to all of us because we all deal with sin the same way. We all deal with sin the same way. In fact, when you take David's sin and you match it up with Genesis and the sin of Adam and Eve, the very first sin, you see parallels from everything to the very end, you see that how we deal with sin is the same, and what we try to do with the sin in our lives is the same. And so last week we saw David, and how that he just didn't wake up and decide that he was going to do what he did. It was a downward progression, a downward digression, actually, in his life where he went and committed this sin. Now what we're going to see is, is that the sin has found him out, because that's the nature of sin. Sin just doesn't just stay there. Sin will expose itself because that's the nature of sin. And so now what we're going to see is is that David tries to deal with his sin. David's going to try to deal with his sin. And it's not a good way of dealing with sin. What we're going to see is, is that David is trying to cover up his sin. And see, that's a natural reaction from all of us. Because by nature we're fearful by nature, we want to preserve ourselves and protect ourselves. And by nature, we assume that the best thing to do when it comes to sin is to cover it up in hopes that it will go away. And Maybe you're here today and you're covering something. And you're doing pretty good at covering it. Nobody else knows. But my friends, what we're going to see from this passage is, is that there is somebody else who knows. And we're going to see the attitudes that are involved in covering up sin. I'm going to tell you something, It's not a pretty picture from David's life. but when we look at our lives in light of it, it's not a pretty picture about who we are either. It's not a pretty picture. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at a few verses at a time. Notice with me, first of all, verse five this is from the last this is what we looked at last week, the last part of last week, as we get ready to get into verse six through 27. Notice what it says. The writer writes, in a rather impersonal way, I should say, And the woman conceived, so she sent and told David, and said, I am with child. Now, here's what we're going to do. As we go through this passage, we're going to hit several different sections. First of all, we're going to notice what the problem is. There's a problem here that David has to deal with. Then we're going to see his mindset as he tries to deal with the problem. We're going to examine what is the mindset exactly that's going on when you and I try to cover it up. Then what we're going to see is our actions. What are the actions that he, what what specifically does he do? And I'll be honest with you, as we look at what he does, it's the same things we do. But then when we're done with the actions, we're going to see what the reality is. We're going to close with the reality. So notice with me, just from that first verse, we're going to see what the problem is. The the first problem I want you to see is, is that sin will come back to haunt you. Sin will come back to haunt you. Here's David. His men are off fighting a battle. He should be with them. But he decides to take it easy because maybe the victory is going in their way. He decides to just kind of be lackadaisical about it and stay at home. And he gets himself in a situation where he now sees the wife of one of his mighty men and he decides to take her. They have a rendezvous. She gets pregnant. So now he's in trouble. You say, what do you mean he's in trouble? Because in our culture, it doesn't even matter if that kind of thing happens. Well, will mean, strength of you, that's our culture, but their culture is a little bit different. What happened in their culture is this. This woman, if she's walking around pregnant, everybody knows that her husband's on a battlefield in the next country. They're going to immediately know that she has committed, what, adultery. Now, let me explain something to you. In this day and age, it doesn't really matter if you walk around and you're pregnant. But in that day and age, for her to walk around pregnant would be an automatic sentence of death. She would have been taken and she would have been stoned, according to the Mosaic law, because what she did was wrong. Now the problem is is that there's somebody else involved, and it's not just her. And the person who's involved is the king of Israel. And so now David's, his integrity His credibility, David, the mighty man, his life is on the line. So he realizes now that sin will come back to haunt you. See, it's not just some little thing that you did in secret. Let me just explain something about sin. Sin never lies concealed. Always it will come out. Always it will come out. It may come out a little bit later. It may come out a few years later. But sin will always come out. Always. And it will expose you. And it, let me tell you something about sin. Sin, when it haunts you, it haunts you. It comes back to bite you. It comes back in a big way to destroy your life. And that's the problem here. So this is the problem. So the next thing I want you to see is, and this is the implication of the text, and that is, is that David has to do something now. He has to a choice to make. He hears this report that the woman is pregnant. And notice something. This is how impersonal it is. Because I want you to see what's going on here. They only mention her name once in this passage. And that's when he asks who she is. From here on out, she's referred to as the woman. Look at how impersonal this is. It's impersonal because it's impersonal to David. To David, it was just a fling. To David, it was a night of passion and enjoyment. To David, she wasn't even a person. She was just something to be used. And so this is what I want you to see about the sin that's going on in David's life. And so here the woman sends word to him, the Scripture says, and so he's got a choice to make. He's got a choice to either confess it and acknowledge it, or he's got a choice of trying to cover it up. He's got a choice to make. My friends, the same thing happens with you and I when we sin. We have a choice to make when it comes to the sin in our lives. We have a choice to confess it, acknowledge it, recognize that God is displeased with it, that we have sinned against Him, or we have a choice to cover it up. And let me explain something to you. Today, in this day and age, our cover-ups aren't as elaborate as David's cover-ups. Today, in our day and age, we'll cover it up in a Christian way. What do you mean by that, George? We'll say that God led us to do this. And we're just asking for God's blessing in the midst of it. When his word is very specific, and says, thou shalt not do those things. And so he has a choice to make. You and I have a choice to make. So there's the problem. So I want you to notice now that David makes a choice. And so here's the mindset. Here's the mindset of what's going on in David's mind. Notice with me. We'll see there. Look at verse 6. Then David sent Joab, saying... Send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. Look now at verse 7. When Uriah had come to him, David asked how Joab was doing and how the people were doing and how the war prospered. David said to Uriah, Go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah departed from the king's house and a gift of food from the king followed him. But Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of of his lord, and he did not go down to his house. So when they told David, saying Uriah did not go down to his house, David said to Uriah, Did you not come from a journey? Why did you not go down to your house? Uriah said to David, The ark in Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents, and my lord Joab and the servants of my lord are encamped in open fields. Shall I then go to my house to eat and drink and to lie with my wife as you live? And as your soul lives, I will not do this thing. Then David said to Uriah, wait here today, for tomorrow I will let you depart. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. Here's what I want you to see about the mindset. We'll see some other scriptures here in a moment. The mindset, the first thing I want you to see is, is that he made a conscious decision to cover his sin. Because here's what's going on. We're talking about a pregnancy here. So David in his mind and all of his power as the king decides, well, you know what? I've got a situation here. I need to deal with this. This is a pretty sticky situation. It's not going to reflect very good on me. And it sure isn't going to reflect very good on her because it was my sin. I've got to do something here. Oh, I know what I'll do. I'll send for her husband. He's out in the field fighting the battle I'll go and ask the commander of the army to send me Uriah. And when Uriah comes and gives me the report, I'll send him home. Of course, when the husband and wife get together after not being together, things will happen naturally. And when the baby comes, they'll think it's Uriah's. He made a conscious decision to cover his sin. See, he probably, and David's not a very dumb man. He's a smart man. He's thinking logically here. He's thinking, oh, this will be, this will work. This will take care of it. And so he's making a conscious decision to cover his sin. And so notice something. Here comes Uriah. He appears before the king, and here's the next thing I want you to see about the mindset. He pretends to be concerned about others. See, when you're covering up your sin, you begin to, you're actually faking it. You're a hypocrite. And so here's David, Uriah comes to him, he's sitting on his throne, Uriah comes and he says, how goes the war? How's Joab? How are the men? How's the battle going? He's looking like he's really concerned about what's happening in the war over in Ammon. But let's be honest with you, he's not really worried about the war in Ammon. He's worried about, is this guy going to go home? Is this guy going to go meet his wife and let things happen by nature? He's pretending to be concerned about the people in the field. He's not concerned about the people in the field. Why? Because his actions already displayed that they're selfish. They're not at all interested in the people in the field. If he was interested in people in the field, he wouldn't have taken Uriah's wife. If he was concerned about the people in the field, he wouldn't even be in Jerusalem. He'd be leading them into battle like he should have been. See, he was only concerned about himself. So he pretended to to be concerned about others. Isn't that the way we are? We get to the place where we're sinning, we're doing our own thing, maybe we're in danger of being caught, and so we cover up, and we act like everything's normal, but on the inside we're just consumed with thoughts of fear of being exposed. So we pretend. We fake it. And that's what David's doing. We fake it. So he pretended to be concerned about others around him. But I want you now to notice what his actions are, because they're very clear. Notice now what his actions are. Notice what David, David said, okay, Uriah, thanks for the report, buddy. You just go on home now. You just go on home, and you just wash your feet. You make yourself comfortable in your house. And the implication there is, is go see your wife, buddy. And then notice something. The king sends a special gift of food home with him. And that, that was a, an honor to receive a portion of the king's meal. And the food goes with him. But here's what Uriah does. Uriah, a man of integrity, a man of duty, he sleeps at the king's gate with the king's servants. He doesn't even go home. Now you're saying, no, wait a minute now. Hold on a second, George. What, has he done? If I just came back from war, I want to go home and stay with my family. Yeah, but you've got to understand something here. There's something more culturally going on here that you and I don't understand. You say, what do you mean? Uriah is a soldier. The Mosaic Law in Deuteronomy specifically said that if a man was to engage in battle, that is, he is a part of a war, which Uriah is, he was to withhold himself from his wife. He was not to experience intimacy with his wife before and during war. And so Uriah is a proselyte. He is one who has converted to Judaism. God is very real to him. He knows the law. In fact, David probably enforced the law that men were to to remain celibate during that time. He knows, I'm not to go home. So he sleeps at the king's house with his servants because as far as he's concerned, he's still on duty. So he doesn't go. He remains celibate. Now, let me explain something to you. That kind of throws a monkey wrench in things, doesn't it? Because here's Uriah, he's sleeping in the... Everybody knows he's there. Everybody knows he's not going home. David now is like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Because the servants now report back to him. He's probably wondering, well, didn't Uriah make it home? Oh no, king. He's down at the guardhouse. He's sleeping down there with the other guys. He didn't go there. So the next day, Uriah appears before him, and David's asking him, why didn't you go home? What's the matter with you? And notice how Uriah responds. Notice what he responds, and then I'll give you the next point here. Notice what he says. Look at verse 11. And Uriah said to David, The ark, that is the ark of God, the presence of God, and Israel and Judah are dwelling in tents, and my lord Joab, that's the commander of the army, and the servants of my lord are encamped in open fields. Shall I then go down to my house and eat and drink and lie with my wife? As you live and your soul is, I will not do this thing. He was a man of honor. He knew that to do that would be wrong. Here's my point. Here's the mindset that's going on when you cover up. You ignore the rebukes of life. Because notice everything that that Uriah is saying to David. He says, look, the army is in camp. They're in battle. They're slaying in open fields. They're suffering for the sake of Israel. Do you want me to go and do what's wrong against the Word of God and go and do this thing? No, I won't do it because it would bring dishonor to everyone. Guess who did that though? Guess who did that? David did. David didn't care about those things. It didn't matter to him that his men were lying in a field, camping out in the open, fighting battles, sacrificing their lives. He was back in Jerusalem taking it easy, having comfort, eating and drinking, taking his man's wife for himself. That's the mindset. The mindset here is that you ignore the rebukes of life around you. You ignore the warning signs. You ignore what is right and what's wrong. All you're focused on is yourself and that you've got to cover this up. You've got to cover this up. And so I want you to notice now, here's what David does. David says, oh man, what do I do now? So he comes up with another idea. He comes up, notice with me, verse 13. Now when David called him, he ate and drank before him and made him drunk. So he gets Uriah drunk. And at evening, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but he did not go down to his house. One commentator said this, I thought this was great. A drunk Uriah had more integrity than a sober David. So here, again, he thought, well, I'll just get him drunk and naturally he'll go down. And what does he do? He goes back down to the guard shop. Why? Because he is a man of integrity and honor. So, okay, now David's got a real problem. Now, what does he do? Notice with me what the text says. In the morning, verse 14, it happened that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it by the hand of Uriah. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retreat from him, that he may be struck down and die. Here's the point I want you to see about his actions. Not only did he ignore the rebukes of life, he sinned to cover sin. Isn't that how it, this is? This is what happens. You know, as a parent, I see this all the time. As you, as a parent or a grandparent, you see this all the time. There's an action of sin that happens. And so we get into this self-preservation mode. We want to protect ourselves because we don't want to face the music. We don't want to be taken to the woodshed. We don't want to face the consequences. So we do what we can to cover what we did. And the first thing we do is what? Lie. So we, we have one sin. We don't want to admit that sin. So we got to do another sin to try to cover the sin. And then some of us, we do sins upon sins to try to cover it. Let me explain something to you. David tried to cover it. It wasn't, wasn't working. So now he had to do something drastic. And so in his mind, he decided, well, I've got to get rid of Uriah. Now, let me tell you something. What you see here is a man, that's a, a man that the Bible describes as a man after God's own heart. But now he is a man who's totally consumed with self, so much so that he would use his power as the king. He would abuse his power as the king to try to cover up his sin. So he sends a letter. Think about this. You've got to think about the cold-heartedness of this. He writes a message saying, put him in the hottest battle so he can die. He seals it, puts his royal seal on it, gives it to Uriah and says, deliver this to Joab. So Uriah, the man of integrity, carries his own death warrant to the field. Do you think David cares about anybody else? We've already seen that. The mindset is, is he's not concerned about anybody. He pretends to be concerned about everybody. Who's he concerned about? Just himself. Listen, my friends, when you cover your sin, you're just worried about somebody, and that somebody is you. You're just worried about yourself. Because sin will destroy you. You know, it just a thought just popped into in my mind. Some of you maybe are here to say, you say, Well, you know, I can't I can't deal with it, George. I've got to cover it because. If I, if I don't cover it, it'll, it'll destroy, not just me, but it'll, it'll destroy my family. It'll hurt my family. It'll hurt my friends. It'll hurt my church. My friends, let me explain something to you. Yeah, it may hurt them, but if you keep covering it, the devastation of sin will ultimately hurt them anyhow. It's better to deal with it the way God wants you to deal with it than keep trying to cover it up and let sin have free reign in your life because it will destroy anyhow for anyhow. So you see that action that he basically sinned to cover sin. Now there's something else I want you to see. Notice with me the text goes on. Look at me at verse 16. So it was when Joab besieged the city that he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew where there were valiant men. And then the men of the city came out and fought with Joab. And some of the people of the servants of David fell. And Uriah the Hittite died also. Then Joab sent and told David, all the things concerning the war and charged the messenger saying, when you have finished telling the matters of the war to the king, if it happens that the king's wrath arises and he says to you, why did you approach so near the city when you fought? Did you not know that they would shoot from the wall? Who struck Abimelech, the son of Jerathath? Was it not a woman who cast a piece of millstone on him from the wall? and So he died And Thabez, why did you go near the wall? Then you shall say, your servant Uriah the Hittite is dead also. So the messenger came, went and came to David, and told David all that Joab had sent him. And the messenger said to David, Surely the men prevailed against us and came out to us in the field. Then we drove them back as far as the entrance of the gate, and the archers shot from the wall at your servants. And some of the king's servants are dead and your servant, Uriah the Hittite, is dead also. Then David said to the messenger, Thus you shall say to Joab, Do not let this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as another. Strengthen your attack against the city and overthrow it. So encouraging. Here's what I want you to see the next point as far as the actions of somebody who's trying to cover it up. And that's this. He hardened his heart towards sin. He sent that death warrant. And you could see him. He's, he's waiting. He's waiting to hear from Joab that the sentence has been carried out. And, of course, a messenger comes, and a messenger delivers a, a message that, that there was a battle. The battle didn't go well. And some of the men died, and even Uriah the Hittite died. And notice what David says. Look at what David's response is. Listen to what he responds. He says, go back and tell Joab to be encouraged, to be comforted. Listen, Listen, tell Joab this, and this is what he says. Do not let this thing displease you, for the sword devours one as well as another. Oh, Joab, don't worry about it. You know how it is in war. People die. Listen, he just didn't get a report about Uriah. He got a report about others being killed as the sentence is being carried out. See, he's so consumed, listen to me, he's so consumed with covering up his sin, with self-preservation, with protecting himself, That it really doesn't matter anymore what happens to anybody else. All that matters is him. And so he hardened his heart. Uriah's dead? Wow. A few other guys got killed? Oh, that's just the way it goes. That's just battle. Why? Because he's so focused on himself. He's so focused on himself. Those are his actions. But I want you to see, my friends, that the Scripture just doesn't leave it there because it looks like a good thing because notice with me the next part. Notice with me now. Verse 26 and 27, it says this. And notice again, the Scripture doesn't call her by name. Notice what it says. And when the wife of Uriah heard that Uriah, her husband, was dead, she mourned for her husband. She was grieved. But I want you to notice now, verse 27, all part of the plan. Look at what he does. When her mourning was over, David sent and brought her to her his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing that David had done displeased
0: the Lord.
1: I want you to see the reality here. The reality, my friends, first of all, the cover-up may work with others. So here's what David says. I can't get him to do it. I get rid of, got rid of him. I'll take her and... We'll just have a premature baby. So what are you talking about? David's saying, oh, this one came early. And it may have worked with others. It may have covered up a lot of going on there. But my friends, I want you to see something else that the passage tells us. Look with me. Look with me at what it says right at the end of this chapter. The very last phrase. But the thing that David had done displeased. The Lord. What's the point? Here's the point. God sees right through it. Sees right through it. So here's David. He's doing all this scheming. He's all doing all this conniving. His mindset is totally focused on himself. He's trying to cover up his sin. But God sees right through it. See, God's no dummy. God knows our hearts. He sees everything. He knows our motivations. He knows what is driving us. He knows everything that we have done, our sin, and He sees right through it and it displeased Him. Let me explain something to you. Other translations translate this verse that David had done wickedness in the sight of God. God was not happy with what was going on. Here's a man who the Bible describes as being a man after God's own heart. And when he does this stuff, I want you to notice what the Bible says. The Bible says very clearly that the Lord was displeased. Let me explain something to you. That word, it doesn't communicate what's going on there. He was mad. He was angered at the actions of David. He was angered at the actions of David. We've got such a lackadaisical attitude about sin in our lives these days, and we just think, oh, Jesus took care of it. I can just go right on and do it again. Doesn't matter. See, that's the cover up. We we have this problem. We've got a choice to make. We've got to deal with it. How am I going to deal with it? We decide instead to cover it up out of that self preservation because we're focused on ourselves. We pretend, we fake it with others, but all we're consumed about is covering up, making sure nobody exposes us for who we really are. We act concerned for others, but we're not. And we send more to cover it up. And we may even get away with it. Others may think that you haven't done anything. But the reality is is that God sees through He sees right through us. Let me be honest with you. In church... We've gotten pretty good at covering our sin in church. And history will show you time after time that that there were people who were raised up and they could talk a good talk and they could even serve in a right way, but their hearts were wrong and they were covering up sin in their lives and everybody else couldn't see it, but God saw right through it.
0: Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. this coming week.